the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up. Welcome to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much for joining me. Hope that you're having a great day and your commute home's going okay and you're enjoying all of the good things that God's provided in your life. Just want to remind you, Crosswalk Carver Springs is a, a local show. I'm a local pastor here at Rocky Mountain Calvary in the central part of the city and we're focused on Southern Colorado, local show. So today I wanted to share some things out of the book of Acts. I'm, I'm currently teaching uh, through uh, the book of Acts. Sometimes we take in calls and we love your calls and your questions prayer requests, and then other times we've got guests in, but today I'm just going to share some things out of Acts, so kick back and enjoy. I hope it's uh, refreshing to you. I find the the book of Acts to be pretty challenging. Uh, The things that we see in uh, the book of Acts, we see that God's really pouring out uh, His Spirit and moving in a, a really unique way. And when I was praying through what book of the Bible to start teaching next at our church, I really felt that the book of Acts fit for what we're going through. We see a, a culture that is pretty anti-Christ and Christianity, and, and that's very much what uh, the early church was facing. We've got the religious leaders that were very much opposed to Jesus. Uh, we've got the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire was opposed uh, to Christ. But yet God does this beautiful work of birthing his church in the midst of opposition, And in Acts chapter 3, it really comes to a point where there's contagious joy. We see a man who was born lame, who wasn't able uh, to walk, and he's healed. And this gives the opportunity for Peter to preach the gospel and 5,000 people get saved. What's happened up until this point in the book of Acts is Jesus told the disciples to wait and to pray uh, before they did anything, to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. As they were praying in the upper room, there was 120 of them uh, praying in the upper room as they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in, in tongues. There was those gathered for Pentecost from all different nations. This was a, a strategic move from God for the gospel to go out to the nations. And they ask, well, what is this speaking in tongues? And Peter is able to explain, hey, we're not drunk. This is a fulfillment of Joel's uh, prophecy At the end of that message, 3,000 people uh, get saved. So a lot of times people think that the early church was small, and it's not small. Uh, 3,000 get saved at Pentecost, and then in Acts chapter 3, another 5,000 get saved. And there's references to every day God was adding uh, to uh, the church. And I think that's what we really long for in this generation is to see Christ move in a powerful way. I grew up with, with parents that got uh, saved during the Jesus movement. They both uh, grew up in unbelieving families, and 
in the early 70s came to know Christ as their their savior and I've always longed to see God work in my life uh, as well. We were really blessed just this last weekend at RMC on our Saturday night service. We had an outdoor service in our parking lot. And that outdoor service really came out of COVID. Uh, When we first started meeting back in June of 2020, coming out of the quarantine is we had outdoor services uh, in the parking lot and they were really effective. and, And we realized, why haven't we been doing this before? And so every summer, we'll do some outdoor services, worship the Lord right in, in the parking lot. And we had some baptisms. And there was uh, over 75 people that got uh, baptized. And there were those that signed up to be baptized, all different ages, and hearing how God had brought uh, them to Christ. And then then after service, we weren't planning on doing any more baptism. And, and a woman in her 60s, she came up to be baptized. And then a family, you know, they weren't prepared uh, for baptism with swimsuits and all those things. They wanted to uh, be baptized. And it was just a, a beautiful uh, move of, of the Spirit. So in chapter 3, where we're going to spend our time today, I, I love the flexibility of Peter and John, just how they're, they're open to the, the leading and moving and working of the Holy Spirit, which I find to be really difficult in my life. Maybe you find that challenging as well. So this is verse 1 of Acts 3. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So Peter and John are, are linked up uh, together, and as we follow their story they actually grew up on the Sea of Galilee fishing. We know that uh, from the Gospels. They each have a, a brother, and they were called to be disciples at the same time, these two sets of brothers. So Peter and John are friends. They're not not brothers, but grew up fishing on the Sea of Galilee together, witnessed the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, And now they're serving together. They're being sent out and they're going to the temple for the hour of prayer and they're going together. And God really wants us doing life uh, together, doing ministry together. He sent the disciples out in two, but it seems like it's really easy for us to get isolated. Sometimes even in serving the Lord, uh, we get get isolated. I know in pastoral ministry, sometimes I find myself uh, being isolated and have to really work towards a friendship. And just a side note, you know, pastors need friends as well. You know, pastors are, are broken sinners that need fellowship and accountability. And Peter and John are not alone as they're uh, serving the Lord. The ninth hour is three o'clock. So they were coming to pray at three o'clock. And this shows that Peter and John valued prayer. And we find that in the book of Acts is just how dynamic their prayer life uh, was. Oftentimes it's easy to see prayer as the last resort, uh, but that's not the case for Peter and John. They saw it as their first uh, priority. I think they learned from Jesus. Jesus throughout his life was taking time alone to be uh, with the Father. The disciples came to Jesus after discovering one of his times of prayer, and they said, hey, would you teach us to pray? Lord, teach us uh, to pray. Of all of the things they could have asked for, they could have said, can you teach us to teach? You know, we want to teach like you, Jesus. Jesus is an awesome uh, teacher. Would you teach us how to do miracles? But that wasn't the case. They wanted to know how to pray, And then we have the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, and gives them instruction on prayer. So 
we see this lifestyle of prayer in Peter and John. It reminds me of Daniel. Uh, We know Daniel, he took three times a day where he stopped and he prayed. He would get on his knees and cry out to the Lord. And it was his custom, even to the point where his enemies were like, we know we can get Daniel on his prayer life. They go to the king and say, look, make it a law that no one can pray except to you. And the king's like, that sounds good. And then they were able to arrest Daniel and throw him in the lion's den, but God supernaturally protected him. So pretty normal day, Peter and John are just doing their thing, going up to the temple to pray, but God had other plans in verse two. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms for those who entered the temple. He's born lame. He's, he cannot walk. We know from chapter four, verse 22, that he was over 40 years old. It's hard for us to really get a perspective of what this man's life was like without wheelchair or crutches or prosthetics in order for him to get to the gate. Beautiful. He had to be carried there. Um, I remember being over in Uganda years ago, and there was a man who would crawl to church because uh, he couldn't walk and didn't have a wheelchair, didn't have crutches, and in the in the dirt, you know, and Uganda's dirty, and just crawling in the dirt to to get to church. And so this man's life was was really difficult. Every day is the same. I'm going to the gate, beautiful. The entrance of the temple, I'm going to beg and see if anybody will have mercy on me. We're going to pause here. We're going to head to a break. So uh, please stay with me, but come back. We're, we're looking at contagious joy. We're looking at what it means to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives. I think it's such an important part of the book of Acts and something that I know I miss so many days. So stay with me on Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, 100.7 The Word. We'll be right back. Times I've called your name some broken night And you showed up and patched me up like you do every time I get amnesia Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word From an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks so much uh, for listening. Hope that you're doing well. And today I'm taking a look at Acts chapter 3 and just how God moved in such a powerful way as Peter and John were willing to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine 5,000 people getting saved in one day? That's amazing. You know, I grew up in a small town in Southern Oregon of about 16,000 people. So that's like one third of my hometown getting saved in one day. And it was God working a miracle in this lame man's life, this crippled man's life, which gave opportunity for Peter to share the gospel. Where we left off is what's life like for this crippled man? His friends would carry him to the gate beautiful every day and he would beg. Now, this is a strategic place uh, for him to be uh, because people are coming in and out of the temple and hopefully feeling merciful to to give some money uh, to this man. 
Josephus, who was a Jewish historian, he writes this and tells us that this gate was 40 cubits high, 40 cubits wide, was overlaid with Corinthian bronze, and was such a work of art that it far exceeded in value those plated with silver set in gold. So this is why this gate has this name, Beautiful. So try to imagine going up to the temple to pray, going up to the temple uh, to worship, this beautiful gate that's there, but we have a very broken man where his, his life is very challenging every day, seems like the day before, and he's just wondering, am I going to make it through the day? Am I going to have enough food to eat? Verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Everybody that passes by, he asks, hey, would you, would you give me some, some money? On Friday mornings, I go to a, a men's Bible study And on my way home from the Bible study, there's one intersection in town, Woodman and Academy, or it's actually Voyager and uh, Academy. And that light is especially long. And there's one guy that's out there every Friday morning. I would imagine most mornings that he's there. And I could almost set my watch to it that he's going to be out there there begging. And and this is what this man was like at the gate. Beautiful. This, This was his spot. He sees Peter and John coming. He asks for money. And this is where it gets interesting. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So Peter fixes his eyes on this crippled man and he says, look at us. And this is the moment where Peter follows the leading of the Holy Spirit. He, he's open and he's sensitive to uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want us to consider a few things. There there was probably a lot of times that Peter and John have passed this man before. It wasn't their first time going to the temple. It wasn't this man's first time sitting there. But Peter was open to the fact that there's something that God wants to do in this man's life at this particular moment. And he follows the leading of uh, the Holy Spirit. And and it becomes just a real breakthrough moment in uh, the book book of Acts. And I try to apply this to my own life because, you know, God's word is for us today. And many times I think I'm just too busy to really hear the leading of the Holy Spirit for God to put somebody on uh, my heart. And there's times where we know we're going to serve like, hey, we've got Sunday morning church at nine and 11. That's an opportunity to, to serve. But I think God wants to work in those unscheduled times as well. We're told by Paul to be ready in season and out of season to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, to to go through our life going, God, who do you want to encourage here at Costco today, at at King Supers, at, at Starbucks? I want to be open to your leading. Even when we go to church, like, God, is there somebody here that's hurting that you want me to encourage Lord, is there somebody that you want me to to share uh, the gospel with? But I tend to be very task-oriented. You know, my schedule's full. I've got things on my calendar. And it's easy to just march from one thing to uh, the next. It could even be in our families. Like when you get home from work tonight, you know, God may want you to have a conversation with one of the members in your family uh, and to really be in that place of saying, Lord, I'm open to what you would do. And, and so Peter stops and he, he looks at this man 
And he says, I want your attention. Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He's like, oh, this is, this is payday. You know, this is going to be that, that moment that I, I get some money from, from these guys. And the response of Peter and John was probably not what he expected. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Peter says, I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold. But what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Money is not what this guy needed. It's what he was expecting, but it's not what he needed. Ministry is not over if you don't have physical resources. A lot of times we go, well, if, if I don't have the money, if I don't have the experience, if I don't have the knowledge, if I don't have the wisdom, then then this opportunity is just absolutely done. And we're failing to see things through God's perspective is God's not limited and ministry's not limited because God is, is unlimited. And as the church has grown and gotten more established and organized, the church may now have money, may have physical resources, but does it still have this kind of faith in, in Jesus Christ? John Corson put it this way in his commentary throughout history, whenever the church has traded purity for prosperity, she's lost power. And that, that's really true, isn't it? You know, do we have this kind of faith to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? And Peter's confident at this moment that this is what God wanted to do in this man's life. I mean, this is a bold move to, to look at this guy and say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he grabs his right hand, and he lifts him up. And as he does this, it says his feet and ankle bones received strength. So Luke is the author of the book of Acts, and in the Greek, specifically, it's talking about the ankles being dislocated and coming into alignment. And so God did, did a miracle in this man's feet in order for him to be able to receive the ability to run and jump and walk and glorify the Lord. And notice it says immediately, instantly this happened and it, it took place. So what does the Bible teach on healing? You know, that's a good thing to, to stop and, and consider is that God does heal and he asks us to come and ask him for healing. James tells us if you're sick to call for the elders and to pray for those who are sick to, that God may heal them. So we're to ask for healing. And sometimes God heals in this life and sometimes he's going to heal in eternal life. The apostle Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And to me, that does speak of some type of physical ailment. And he asked the Lord three times to take it away. And the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. So there's times where God's not going to bring healing in our lives, but he may choose to bring healing for his glory. So I think we're to ask and then trust and leave it in God God's hands. But I don't believe the Bible teaches that God's going to heal every, every time. So this is what happens next. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. This is not your average day at the temple. Everybody knows this guy. He's a fixture. I wonder what this was like for him. It was like the first few steps. 
kind of testing things out. Then he starts walking. Then he starts jumping. Then he starts praising God. And this is that contagious joy uh, that comes from this miracle. And it all began with Peter being willing to follow uh, the leading of uh, the Holy Spirit. We're going to head to a break. Stay with me. And then we're going to unpack this a, a little bit more of what does it mean to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Stay with me on 100.7, The Word. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks so much uh, for listening. Hope that you're doing well. want to remind you this does turn into a podcast anywhere that you find your podcasts. Just look up Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. We're looking at Contagious Joy, God really getting the hearts and the minds of a whole entire community uh, through Peter uh, being willing to follow that leading of uh, the Holy Spirit. So we're right at the point where this man who was born lame, crippled, starts walking and leaping and praising God because of this miracle that's just taken place. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. I think this illustrates what God's done in our lives. You know, you might be saying, well, God hasn't done a miracle in my life, but if you know Christ as your savior, you've experienced the greatest miracle. This is a huge miracle for this man to be able to, to walk, but his body would eventually fail. He would die. And if you have experienced forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you have eternal life. And so we get to share what Christ has done in our lives. We get to share this contagious joy. We get to rejoice in the Lord in a sense to walk and leap and, and praise God. And so now everybody's looking and seeing this man in amazement. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Talk about an attention grabber. And God has now got the attention of all of those on the temple mount. Verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John and all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. And so he's holding on to Peter and John. Everybody rushes around. There's a huge crowd that's there. And Peter sees that this is an opportunity to give God glory and to preach uh, the gospel verse 12, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we have made this man walk? This is probably the most dangerous moment in Peter and John's ministry because they could have easily have taken credit for this instead of giving glory uh, to God thinking that maybe this was because of their godliness. I mean, by the way, they were headed to uh, the temple to to go and, and pray, but they're very quick to say, no, this isn't because of our power or our godliness. This is something that the Lord has done. In Isaiah, we're told, I'm the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to a carved image. So God's not going to 
share his glory. We want to be quick to give God glory for what he's done in our lives. Then the next thing that we see in this is that Peter begins to proclaim Jesus, the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One, the just one, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. So this is an amazing amount of boldness on Peter's behalf to confront the ones that had crucified Jesus and say, you have denied the Holy One and the just. I was reading in the Gospel of John last night, just before I was going to bed in my devotions, and and it hit me, the people here in Jerusalem that are hearing Peter's message were the ones that witnessed the life of Christ. The ones who witnessed his, his crucifixion, heard of his resurrection. The seed had really been planted in their life, but also the resistance of Christ. And Peter's addressing all of that and referring to Jesus as the Holy One and the just is very clear that Jesus is God. There's only one that's holy. There's only one that's just, and that's Jesus. These are Jews that are listening and and to call Jesus the Holy One is clearly declaring that he's God, clearly declaring that he's the Messiah. In verse 15, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Jesus is the Prince of Life. And and from here, Peter goes on and he continues and, and he shares about Christ in a more specific way. And then we jump down a little bit and he calls them to a point of decision in verse 19. He says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. He says, it's time to turn from sin and turn to Christ. And as you turn from sin and turn to Christ, your sins, they're blotted out. And then the times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And I don't want to assume that everybody that's listening is a believer, that you know Christ is your Savior. Maybe you stumbled on to Christian radio or this podcast and and you don't know who Jesus is. You don't understand your need for Jesus. And our sin separates us from God. Important question to ask is, what is sin? Sin is when we miss the mark. So it's willful disobedience, disobeying God, but it's also trying to to do good, but then we we fall fall short. Repentance sounds like such a, a heavy word, but it's actually so freeing. Repentance is a change of mind or a change of direction. It's like you're headed up to Denver on I-25 and then you realize, why would anybody want to head up to Denver? You're like, it's time for a 180. I'm, I'm going back to Colorado Springs. I'm going back to, to Southern Colorado. And it's a, a U-turn, a, a change of heart, change of mind, change of direction, and then believing in Jesus, that he's God, that he died for your sins and, and rose again, inviting him to be the Lord of your life. And, and when we make that simple profession of faith from our heart, then God promises to save us and to, to blot out our, our sins. I think of the book Pilgrim's Progress, where we have the main character, Christian, with the weight of his sin on his shoulders, this backpack that's just so heavy that he's carrying. And he comes to the cross, he comes to, to Calvary and experiences the forgiveness of sin and his sin is is lifted off of him. And then there's refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. When we trust Christ, then we're brought into the presence of God. And as we spend time in the presence of God, 
then we experience refreshment. And that's true for us as believers uh, today, is that we can come and spend time in God's presence. It's amazing how quickly a day goes by where we don't spend time in God's presence, but it's being in the presence of the Lord that's the fullness uh, of joy. So there's nothing that can even come close. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the living water. As you're driving home from work, what you really crave and you long for is for deeper fellowship in Christ. What happens next is, is if you continue this through from chapter 3 into chapter 4, is that there is 5,000 that respond to this message, this miracle that was done, this proclamation that this man was healed in the name of Jesus. That's not all that happened. Also, Peter and John then get arrested. Uh, they get thrown in into jail. And God works powerfully in that as well. But an amazing moment where God gets the attention of 5,000 people and brings them to salvation in Christ. And this is where I want to prime the pump a little bit and get you thinking, because when we come back from the break, we're really going to try to apply this in our lives. This all happened because Peter followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. And will we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? Will, will we trust God when he encourages us to take steps of faith, to, to reach out to those that don't know Christ as their Savior? You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier, a pastor at Rocky Mountain Calvary. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go to rmcalvary.org. We'd love to have you visit us. We're currently going through the book of Acts, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. Something I'm excited about is Crosswalk is going Monday through Friday. Pastor Bob Bender is hosting Thursdays and Friday. He was the pastor of Cross Fellowship here in town and now is Pastor Emeritus. 50 years of pastoral ministry, so we're so blessed to have him on Crosswalk. And uh, thanks so much uh, for listening and stay with me after the break because we're really going to try to apply this to our hearts and our lives. Just don't get it right Where I talk a talk that I don't walk And miss the moments right before my eyes Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word Good God Almighty I hope you'll find me Praising your name no matter Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Today we're looking at contagious joy and the importance of walking in the leading of uh, the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 3 to me is amazing because there's really revival that takes place from a simple act of obedience. Uh, Peter and John are going to the temple. They're going to pray. Seems to be their normal routine. Here's a man that's always at the gate beautiful. He's lame, can't walk. And he's asking for money, and Peter's drawn to him by the leading of uh, the Holy Spirit, and God does an amazing work. A miracle takes place. He's able to to walk, leap, jump, praise God. People are gathered around. The gospel shared. Five thousand people are added to uh, the church. I wanted to, to share 
just kind of a challenge that I uh, experienced recently this last month in this area of walking in uh, the spirit. And for me, a lot of times it's, it's laying aside my busyness. It's laying aside my selfishness, my agenda to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to really love and care for uh, someone. But I enjoy running, just getting out into some of the open space that we have here in Colorado Springs. And there's a route around my house that's about four or five miles that I, I tend to do. And a month or so ago, I'm running on this this trail and a lady is with her dogs, two dogs, and she kind of goes to the side of, of the trail. And she's maybe in her mid-60s and as I'm running past her, she says, may the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. And honestly, I was shocked because, you know, sometimes people might say, God bless you, but it was the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, be upon you. And I said, thank you, you know, as I'm running and it's really a quick interaction. And then I got home and got ready and went up to DIA and went to a pastor's conference in New York City at Times Square Church hosted by a World Challenge. And God really met me at that conference. And my friend Dan Johnson, who pastors here at Rocky Mountain Calvary as well, and 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 God was gracious. And I felt like the Lord really answered that lady's prayer for her to have that boldness to say the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, be upon you. So I get back from the conference. It's it's a few days after the conference. I'm running again on the same trail, about the same spot uh, in the trail. And and I see uh, the same lady and I'm, I'm running, running past her and she says, God bless you. And I say, thank you. And I felt the leading of the Holy Spirit just encouraging me to, to go back and uh, to thank her. Uh, but I was timing the run on my watch and get all competitive with, you know, how fast can I go on these, these, these runs? And I, I go past her and I just, I, didn't stop. But then I just thought again, I need to need to go back. And so I turn around, I go back and introduce myself and say, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, I was running past you and, and you said the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. And, and I really felt that God answered that and explained the whole pastor's conference and stuff and just encouraged her to continue reaching out uh, uh, to people in, in that way. And and she said that, that that really made her day because a lot of times when people turn around and come back to her, they usually tell her, you know, thank you, but please don't don't say that to me because they're offended. And and for me, that was an application of, of this section of scripture of, of the importance of following the leading of uh, the Holy Spirit. But I wanted to share also another example of a simple act of obedience of following uh, the Holy Spirit. Some of you are familiar with Times Square Church and David Wilkerson, but but David Wilkerson was a rural pastor out, outside of of New York, and and he had been burdened with the fact that there were gang members in New York that were killing each other, all, all these these young men just violently killing each other. So God put it on his heart to go into New York and to preach the gospel, to, to, share, to share Jesus. And one day he was proclaiming the gospel and there were some gang members on the other side of the street and some police officers were in between them. And they were telling David Wilkerson, that, hey, you need to, you need to stop uh, sharing, sharing the, the gospel. And here comes the police captain and he, he comes on the scene and he's kind of looking at all this and he doesn't know anything about Dave Wilkerson. He could be a crazy guy from all he knows, but the captain, he, 
he chose to say, let the man preach those, those simple words, let the man preach. And, and Dave Wilkerson continued to preach. And eventually Nikki Cruz uh, got saved and came to know Christ as, as his savior. Nikki Cruz was threatening to kill uh, David Wilkerson and cut him in a thousand pieces. And David Wilkerson said, well, well, each piece is going to say how much that uh, God, God loves you. And that simple obedience of that police officer, that police captain to say, let the man preach is then Nikki Cruz went on to, to share the gospel with so, so many and see thousands come to know Christ as, as their savior. It reminds me a lot of Acts chapter uh, three. And you might say, well, that that's not a very big deal, but God really did uh, use that in a powerful way. Now, now we fast forward to 2023 and I learned this during this pastor's conference is the current pastor now at Times Square Church is the son of that police officer that stood up and said, let the man preach. So so there was just a huge, huge fruit that came from that one moment of that police officer following the leading of the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you this. We've just got a couple minutes left. Are you open to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life? I think a lot of us go, you know what, we live in some crazy and crucial times and we want to see God work and we want to see God move. Well, that may mean going out of your comfort zone to talk with somebody at the grocery store. It may mean that God puts somebody on your heart uh, to reach out to. You're All of a sudden you're, you're thinking about them and, and God puts on your heart for you to call them or text them or to see how they're doing or or to share the gospel with somebody that that you meet. But God knows what he wants to do if we're willing to take that step of faith. And I wonder if Peter was wrestling with, I'm going to look foolish if I do this. If I, if I go and, and uh, risk reaching out to this man and praying for him to be healed, I could be seen to be foolish. And for a lot of us, I think that's how we feel. I feel that way. You know, I find it easier to to preach to a large room of people than sometimes to have a one-on-one uh, conversation. And Paul was willing to be foolish for the sake of Christ. Peter was willing to be foolish for uh, the sake of Christ. And so let's be bold to follow the leading of uh, the Holy Spirit and be willing to lay aside the schedule. You know, we, we have everything so scheduled and, and for us to to put that schedule aside and to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to seek you and seek what you have in this moment. It didn't go how Peter had planned. He planned to go to the temple to pray, but he set aside that plan and he walked in obedience and God did a great work. I think it's an exciting time to be a Christian. We definitely can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me just end today's show and praying and praying that God would pour out his spirit and we would follow the leading of the spirit. So Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love uh, for us. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And we do want to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives. We want to be listening. We want to lay aside our agenda, lay aside our busyness. And I pray for all of us, God, that you would speak to us and that you would lead us and that we would see you do great things uh, for your kingdom and there would be great fruit. We pray many, many, many people in Southern Colorado would come to know Christ as our Savior. So God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. Just want to remind you, we're Monday through Friday from 5 to 6 
Also, you can find the podcast, Crosswalk uh, Colorado uh, Springs. Remember, the Lord loves you. He's with you, and he's got a great plan and purpose for your life. Also, would like to invite you out to Rocky Mountain Calvary. We've got two uh, campuses, one right in the heart of the city, Austin Bluffs and Academy, and then also out east in Ellicott. Uh, We're currently going through the Book of Acts, and we've got a vibrant children's ministry and youth ministry, so we would love to have you. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, God bless you. Until next time, have a great night. But it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.